I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com changes the game in a big sense because you know it's obviously brought out more of the, the nervousness in us um, and from then on then you carry on you're trying to get yourself back into the game and you lose a man so you lose a, a close game that was a you know a really important game for us so we, we must keep our head up we must bat on from that the players gave everything there were some moments of maybe quality that we, that we want to be better at but that happens when you're in the situation we're in and uh, the important thing now is to remain very positive. But it's a tough game, and I thought we were slightly unfortunate when you look at both halves or how it ended up. But we must stay very balanced, firstly me, and make sure we stay very together in now and know that there's a lot of games to get the points that we need. Hello again, Evertonians, and welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast with Paul Trail, Adam McCulloch, and myself, Lyndon Lloyd, here to discuss the situation I don't think many of us in our worst nightmares could have envisaged even when Rafael Benitez was appointed last summer. Certainly not when Ancelotti came on board a little over two years ago. Everton are very much in a scrap for their lives now after the defeat to Wolves, their fourth successive game without a goal, and their 15th defeat in the last 19. The Goodison effect seems to have gone from magic against Leeds to a bit toxic by the final whistle uh, on Sunday. And there's some premature fatalism creeping in, it feels like, at least if social media is any indication. Uh, lads, we're two days removed from Wolves, two days away from Newcastle. How are we feeling as things stand? Not not, not good after here, Matt, to be honest, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that sums it up nicely, though. Yeah, it's. I, th- I think that's the thing. You, you said turning toxic, but it, if anything, it feels like a very sort of flat kind of defeatist I don't want to say acceptance because there's still a lot of the season to go and hopefully we can find some positives today in the conversation for my benefit as much as the listener. But I think, yeah, it's uh, it's troubling times. How about yourself, Paul? 
after the game coming out of the match, it, it, it just felt so sort of numb at, um, at full time. Um, and uh, Gabby, who made my mind go to the match with, he's, you know, you know, he, he always often speaks quite a lot of sense. And um, one thing he just said as we walk out, he goes, this feels real now. This really feels real. This is, that, that was the, and that really worried me. You know, that was worried anyway. I mean, we all felt the same anyway, walking out, but like, um, it just kind of hit at home, walking out like, blimey, we're, we're in the mire now. We really are. The way the, the way the game went, the way the results went against us, um, Leeds getting the 94th, but the Leeds concede in the, in the 91st and win it in the 94th, I think. Something, something like, like that. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Watford won. Yeah, I mean, it just it was just everything. Just like, oh my word, it's it's amazing we're not in the bottom three. I know we're just about not in the bottom three, but it's amazing we're not already really, isn't it? Is it like seven, eight points since October or something like that? You know, it's um, yeah, it's it, yeah, it, it's just a, that's the only surprise that we're not not already in the bottom three. Um, it felt really yeah, just just ever so worrying coming out of the game. I've, I've, I don't feel quite as bad now. A couple of days on, I'm starting to maybe I'm starting to hope. Hope for a bit of positivity. Hope for the trying to be optimistic for for the game on Thursday. And yeah, I'm starting to come around a little bit from it now. But certainly on um, on Sunday it was very real. We um, we'd already agreed to go out for a few drinks after the game on Sunday. A few of us, which uh, we we're really grateful for, because they just come home and they've been moping around and probably wouldn't have been much fun for anybody here, you know. So it was a mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it probably made things a little bit easier after the match. But yeah, it was uh, it's just terrible at the moment, isn't it? And yeah, it was a really, really tough second half, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say much much positive about the game. Any, anyone got anything positive to say about the game? <laughs> um, Asking a lot. <laughs> maybe, maybe the first ten minutes, perhaps, which is you know ten fifteen <laughs> minutes, which has been the story of the last few games. Um, <clears throat> you know, we 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 seem to burn out pretty quickly, um, and and obviously, you know, wolves wolves had our number. Um, you know, more or less from the beginning, uh, and the kind of the, the crowd effect plays into that. I think you know, it's 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 a short term catalyst, isn't it? I think which was shown during Duncan Ferguson's um, first interim spell. You know, there's this this electric charge as catalyst that that kind of fires everyone up, but um, it, it's not always enough to sustain a team through ninety minutes. You know, for multiple games on end, <clears throat> and op- opposition teams are obviously able to steal themselves against it to a degree now if they know what to expect. Um, when I saw Connor Cody leading, you know, Wolves in their huddle before kickoff, I'm sure he was telling them to ignore the crowd um, and eventually make sure that it turned against Everton. Um, and there was obviously a reaction from the Gladys Street at the end, you know, with the airing of "You're not fit to wear the shirt." Which, which is a bit of an escalation of, of the expressions of anger, at least at home. And that's more or less the toxicity that I was referring to. You know, mm. I've heard plenty of other people describe it exactly the way that you lads did in terms of the, um, the, the sort of air of resignation and that kind of fear of, of we really are in trouble now to a degree where I don't think any of us were quite prepared to believe until now. Um, so, you know, I don't think the crowd turned during the game but there were clear signs of you know, frustration at, at the sideways and and, and backwards passing. Um, and obviously there's been plenty said about lack of fight in the side. And you do wonder if the increasing desperation of the situation isn't paralyzing the players to a degree instead of galvanizing them. But I felt that they were challenged from the outset on Sunday by the formation, which I think unfortunately Lampard got wrong again. Um, mm. um, and so, 
yeah, I think this five at the back with players playing you know, playing out of position was a necessarily conservative response to what happened against Spurs. I can understand. You know, I think I think the Spurs game shocked him as much as it shocked you know some of the players, and I think it, perhaps he overreacted somewhat for for a home game by by going with the formation that he did because um, it puts Decore and Van der Beek in a very difficult position against a very professional Wolves team. Um, because we just couldn't cope with Wolves' press and we weren't able to play out from the back because all too often you know, there wasn't a pass on um, when the central two got the ball. So they had to keep going backwards. And and that obviously plays into, you know, that, that sort of gets the crowds back up because they just want to see them going forward. Um, you know, and meanwhile, Richarlison's isolated up front and got, all, got almost no service after the first 10 minutes or so. So, um, yeah, for me, after after that first sort of quarter of an hour once, once Huang's, um, you know, the injury fast was had had kind of wrecked our early momentum. There was just very little to to be um, to be all that positive about, unfortunately. Well, I'm 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 really struggling to find positives. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting when when we spoke last week about what kind of side we play, what formation he play. We, we were all sort of a bit muddled, and and what we got was a bit of a a kind of muddled system really um i guess the one consistent thing which probably was our undoing as you just alluded to Lyndon, and we mentioned it with alan in the last game there wasn't really a sort of set midfielder who could sort of sit a little who could receive the ball in those difficult areas um who could kind of you know protect the back four we didn't have it at spurs with a five-man midfield just because of the sort of personnel and how we were set out and obviously with with the two central players um, in Decorey and Van der Beek, we didn't have it again. Um, it's, I mean, that that unpredictability of how we're going to line up, how we're going to set up. You know, there's there's not a kind of set eleven as you save as players playing out of position. Um, I mean, I I don't really know what sort of side we're going to play against Newcastle. And I'm, if I'm looking for positives, I guess maybe. That, that works in our favour with the opposition. Maybe they don't know what sort of side they're going to come up against. They don't know if we're going to go with a five or a four. Uh, they don't know if we're going to, you know, who we're going to play up top. Um, certainly sort of don't know what centre-half we're going to have, you know, unless Michael Keane makes a return in the next game, perhaps. But maybe that unpredictability is one of the, the only sort of cards we've got left, really, because, yeah, based on Sunday, it was it was flat across the park and... I mean, there are a few other consistencies from the last game, and that yeah, again, Gordon looked like he he had desire, and you know, and again, some quality. But, but, but those moments involving Richardson and Gordon were really the only kind of bits that you'd sort of really remember from a kind of attacking point of view. Um, the rest of it, you'd sort of look at a game that Wolves didn't really have to work that hard for, and that's that's worrying at this stage of the season. It's really concerning. Yeah, it is. I was surprised and, and a bit sorry, Paul, and a bit kind of um disappointed to um to see that Alan was the one that that that, that was kind of sacrificed. Mm. I, you know, and I part had obviously alluded to making changes from that Spurs performance based on what he saw. And I, you know, I was I wouldn't have thought that Alan would be the one that you'd that you'd withdraw. But I mean he's not the most disciplined player in terms of, you know, his position positional play and, and, and sort of sticking to a system, but he he definitely he clearly cares. And and we had talked about him as a, a potential, you know, captain material, um, language barrier, notwithstanding at the beginning. 
Um, and I think he, he's got to come back in for me. If you're looking for like leadership qualities, and Alan brings that, doesn't he? I know he played poorly at Spurs, didn't he? But he, <laughs> he wasn't the only one by a yeah, by, by no, any stretch, was he? It's it hard to go, oh, Alan, like you, you're, you're out of it. You know, I mean, like, it was, uh, yeah, that was that. Like, he's done that quite a lot now. Already, Lampard gone to like a sort of two man midfield, and that was always it was something we complained over and over again about with Rafa Benitez, wasn't it? And it just never seemed to be addressed. And okay, he was poor at Spurs, but it was very good, at, very good against Man City, and that was a three-man midfield. You think that surely looks like the blueprint they got? But they got them. I'd like to say they got them three in the midfield of Alan, De Corday, and Van der Beek. You, you got plenty of effort for starters, haven't you? And you got you got you got enough quality there to match a lot of teams. It won't work all the time, but I think we start got to start getting that consistent three and get to some sort of settled team and. The defence was defence was a bit baffling, wasn't it? I thought John Joe Kenny at the, the sort of inside centre back rather than you think Coleman's done that a few times. Now I think that would have made more sense. Kenny had probably probably our best player, I thought, um, and then obviously got himself sent off. And that was a yeah, and, and he had to sort of change position from inside centre back to to left back, which probably didn't help him. Then he obviously got got two quick yellow cards and he was off. And, and there's a lot of like sort of like fuddled sort of decisions, I think. And it, yeah, maybe it was a bit of panic involved from from Lampard of okay, well because we conceded five, we really got to go a bit. So you know, trying to shut up shop a little bit. And yeah, it was all wrong, wasn't it? You need to be a bit more, a lot more proactive um, when you're at home, especially to Wolves, who are who are a good good team. But to get you know. It's a team you really should be looking to get something off, really, or you know, should be hoping to win at home, really. You know, that, that's the sort of game that Everton, you know, historically really would normally win, you know. So, um, kind of regardless of what sort of position we've been in, um, so yeah, it's a bit disappointing effort. And you mentioned earlier, Linda, like the frustration from the supporters of our sideways passing a lot. I think it was the, the bigger frustration was just that horrendous maybe last sort of 20, 20, 25 minutes and we just couldn't get the ball. I don't remember us having the ball and Neves was just strolling around was he playing playing brilliantly, but they, they were just so did so much possession. We just couldn't seem to get near them. Mm-hmm. And then the substitutions were poor. Um I'd I'd like to have seen Gomez get on actually there. I know it's it's he's a he's a player we sort of criticised a bit for some of his performances on this podcast. Um, but just to sort of maybe fight fire with fire a bit more and get somebody who can, you know, essentially should be there doing that same job that Neves was doing. I think that's kind of the play that we want from from uh, from Gomez. And uh, not saying he'd be able to do it as effectively, but we just needed some a bit more quality in there. And the substitutions didn't really work. Townsend didn't really work. And then they didn't even... And, and then the last sort of 10 minutes or so when... They would just bypass the midfield and go direct anyway to Richarlison. Van der Beek wasn't, I don't think he touched the ball for like 20 minutes. So I just thought, well, if we lose 1 or 2 or 3 it doesn't really matter. But you might as well, you might as well get London on and, and die trying. You know what I mean? And get, if, you, if all you're going to do is hoof up there anyway, get him up there. You know, I just, um, yeah, it's a bit exasperated by some of the, some of the decisions. And, uh, yeah, got it. Got it all to do. I suppose it's good that we got a, another game quite quickly and a home game quite quickly and an evening game. Hopefully, that will help. Um, help the, you know, obviously, you, I can already sense sort of on social media now. I think the fans really sort of understand the importance of it. You can, I can feel that. Yeah, you know, a bit like before the Leeds game. That's sort of like right. That's it. We got to get behind them here. You know, what I mean. Um, so yeah, I think the atmosphere will certainly be there on a Thursday, and let's just hope. And that's what I'm clinging on to a little bit, just hoping that that they can get some sort of response, which we've seen before, particularly in evening games. And just fingers crossed that we can do it on um, on Thursday and uh, just give ourselves a heck of a boost and uh, get some more points on the board. Yeah, I think you're right. I can, you can sense that people are starting to kind of rally the uh, 
rally the support, which, you know, it's, it's, as someone said, to just treat it as a cup final, you know, and that's, that's really what it is. Um, you know, a one-off chance to really perhaps turn this, turn this around because, you know, it might just take something like that. It might just take something falling in our favor, um, you know, get three points on the board. Um, obviously it didn't work against Leeds, but we had a, a very difficult set of fixtures after that. <clears throat> and obviously the trip to West Ham is not going to be easy. Um, but yeah, I think just from a, from a breathing room standpoint, just to get three points would be, would be massive. Massive. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think the fans are are another sort of, you know, it's, it's another thing that we've got if, if, you know, sadly, you know, if you're looking at the sides around you, which I'm doing a lot more than I normally would, I've got to say, um, <laughs> never cared so much about Burnley, uh, in my life. Um, but when you, when you're kind of looking at them compared to us in terms of that fan base, in terms of that like galvanizing effect it can have, I think I think we've got a definite edge there, not just in terms of numbers, but in terms of in terms of how it can affect other teams as much as it can can our side. Um and I think as well if you if you look at some of the games we've got coming up, even though on paper, you know, a game against Man United at home, a game against Chelsea at home. They, you know, they don't look great on paper, but actually, I think that's where we might just find that extra level. Um, annoyingly, we did against City, um, and it, it didn't pay off that time. But you know, I, I think if, if you're a Man United player and you, you you're turning up there in April, and we've maybe, you know, by that point, you know, in the hat in the FA Cup, this is my very blue tinted spectacles here, so uh, forgive me for getting <laughs> carried away. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to win the cup, though, aren't we? Um, but um, I think you know if 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 we've got a few wins behind us, if if yeah we're we're in the height in the cup, and we're going we're going into that game with some kind of momentum, then that's when yeah the crowd's massive, and that's something the likes of I'd say Watford probably don't have as much in their locker. Um, likewise, as well, if I'm looking at those other sides on paper, we should have enough, shouldn't we? That's the thing, you know. Like you know, mention those little moments of quality from Richarlison. I think you know on another day maybe that header goes in and. You know, it. You know, things start to look a bit different, but I think that there is quality there that maybe those other sides lack. Um, and if we're really clutching at straws, and I, I did do the sort of research, for, I, was, I was trying to work out how many points West Brom had when they stayed up, uh, and it was thirty-three. So, I mean, I, I can see this year being a low total in terms of those other sides and their lack of quality might be something we have to rely on because. Yeah, at this stage, based on the last game, yeah, not positive. But I think, as we, we're already kind of doing in this podcast, I think the best way to do it is to sort of shake it off, start with Thursday, and then and then take it from there. Um, and I, and I guess you know to ramble a little further on that point, that's the good part about having Lampard in that he is. Although, although he's, he's he's starting to get a little downbeat, I must say he's gone from being very chipper to you know uh, <laughs> we're we're already having a, an effect, but he he's definitely got obviously more about him uh, in a sort of positive mindset sense than um, than obviously than Benitez did, and I think that that might just galvanise us a bit. Um, I really hope so, anyway, because yeah, Thursday, Thursday is massive, um, but I'm I'm quietly confident Newcastle. You know, played well against Chelsea from the the highlights I saw. A bit similar to our game against City, and I think they they definitely should have had a penalty at, at one point. Um, it went against them, but I, I, we, we, we've we've got to win that game, and I I think we will. 
I've said it. <laughs> I, I do think that at some point, and hopefully it starts on Thursday. I mean, the the, the, the run we're on is is so atrocious. At, at some point, I just I, I just think they'll maybe it's just blind faith. I just think there'll be at some point they will just somehow by hook or by crook get that win. I mean, it's. Every team flukes wins sometimes. We've had, we've had a fair share of bad luck and things go against it. I, I, I do believe that it'll be, maybe it's blind faith again, but it, I do believe there will be some sort of turning point. Now, I, let's hope that doesn't come too late, but there's still a, lot, a fair lot of games left, you know? And if we can just get that win on Saturday, get through in the cup, you know what I mean? And just uh, takes the pressure off a lot more, doesn't it? And yeah, it's, a lot of people just like, so downbeat, just feel like, oh, that's it, we're going down, that's it. And I don't quite feel that way, not yet anyway. I've, I still think there's fight in them. I just got just got to get that right formula and a bit of a bit of luck here and there, and a little bit more belief and a bit more confidence. And you know, Carvalho Lewin can come back and grab a goal or two. You know what I mean? Just just little little moments can happen. Like Newcastle, they looked at him baby, didn't they? Like a few months ago, until they they beat us. If we, if we can get a similar sort of wins that, that that day, I get like a bit of luck with an own goal, get the crowd light up, and it can just little things can be can be can be quite a catalyst, can't it? And mm. I look at the squad we got, and I compare that with those around us. It, it should be doing a lot better for sure. I just gotta hope that there is enough quality and just enough belief amongst them to just pull themselves out of this. And because all it really takes is, you know, we've said that before, it's a couple of quick wins, and it can really sort of change the outlook very, very quickly. And it's it's still not too late to do that, you know. So um, yeah, I'm just being ultra optimistic at the moment, or trying to be. But let's uh, let's just hope Thursday's the start of that, and uh, yeah, we can kick on. Don't want to just keep on sort of saying this each week, do we? <laughs> you know, oh, next one will be fine. You know, it's uh, I get to a point, but I do believe that win will come. Um, just hope it's obviously not 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 too late. Yeah, I don't think it's blind optimism, and and it's we we have to, we have to keep it. We have to retain some optimism. Um, you know, some someone on the site said, "Well, you know, what's the point in in supporting them in the first place? You've got to have some some belief." Um, and I think we need to focus on everything that we know works. Looking back on this on this season, you know, as you said earlier, Paul, we've been crying out for three in midfield. It has to be three in midfield from from here on out. Um, and you know, we thought we had the formation. You know, set based on that Manchester City performance um, when Dukure came back. Um, so for me, it's it's four three three. It's um, for, for Thursday. I think Ben Godf- Ben Godfrey left back. I think you bring Michael Keane back in um, because we need his height. Um, and let's hope his nightmare at Spurs was just down to illness because he has played well in games this season. And we know he's capable of mm. it. Um, right back, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd say Coleman for his experience, but. Um, he's looked really poor lately, but you know he he has um, himself risen to the occasion at times in, in recent years, and, and sort of got some fire in his belly. So hopefully he can recapture some of that. Um, and then in the forward areas, I don't know what do you, what do you go with because Richarlison needs someone alongside him um, if he if he's playing up top, um, and so is that DCL if he's available on Thursday. Does Deli Ali start? Because um, you, you'd imagine that Gordon's got to play surely. Um, so do you have do you have Gray on the on the bench? Because but the thing is, he always looks better as a <clears throat> as a starter. So it's it's a real shame that we don't have as many options elsewhere in the side as we do in attack. But um, you know that goes back to that old chestnut of recruitment, and we can bang on mm. about that you know all we like. But it doesn't change the, the here and now. Um, that Lambert has to get the best out of what he has. 
Um, so, I mean, we know it works in that area of the field. It's get Gray and Richarlison into, into shooting range or, or, or get them running at the defense or, or even one-on-one with the keeper. Um, put the ball in and around the six-yard box for Calvert-Lewin if he's there. Um, if we could get a set piece onto a blue head at some point, that would be grand too. But, you know, um, you know Newcastle can be got at. They, they were in a pretty desperate situation themselves not too long ago. Uh, and they pulled together to get themselves out of it. And we just need to do the same. Um, but I think we we have to stick to playing to our strengths now. Um, you know, we, we, there's no room really for experimentation with formations and and you know and then fullbacks playing in, in in weird in weird positions. Um, we need to 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 settle on on a on a, a strongest eleven now, um, and and mix up mix up our play between you know knocking it around the back and, and going direct a bit more um, because I think. Um, there's there's opportunities there, particularly if Calvert Lewin's there, to um, you know, just start to start playing some more, some more um, some direct football and getting the ball towards the box. Things happen around the box, free kicks, penalties, you know, deflections. We're just not getting the ball close enough to the box, and we're not supporting the, the strikers in numbers. I was looking at uh, watching the game on on Sunday. The number of times there were just three players going forward, just three blue shirts. You know, in and around the box. Um, you know, you, you need to increase your your odds of scoring in those situations. So, hopefully, that's something that they're working on now. Yeah, and that's what that three potentially gives you as well. Because if we do, if we do play the likes, I mean, it, it, it'd be interesting to see uh, who, who he goes with up top. Whether he does think I'm going to go for it with with say Richardson up front and maybe someone like either Van der Beek playing a little further forward perhaps or or Deli Alli playing further forward and starting. Um I th- I think he I mean, yeah, you you, you play Gordon and I, I think you probably play Gray against Newcastle. I I, I think there is side we 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 can and definitely should impose ourselves upon because, you know, as as you mentioned, Paul, you know, it's not long ago that they were down there in the mire themselves. Um they've they they come into this on the back of a defeat. I think you know. Obviously, it'll be a great atmosphere. I think we can we can definitely get at them and play in a positive attacking way. So we should do that because we need the points. But also, as we kind of mentioned when we were discussing the Spurs game, like it, it plays to our strength. Um, we we need to score goals. Um, so I think I think yeah, maybe maybe having someone like Ali there to support Richarlison to make those runs into the box. I mean. Ali didn't. He, he didn't offer a lot when he came on, but, but there was that little ball he threaded through to Richarlison. He showed that there's, you know, there's a bit of vision there, and and I think that's that's something we need. Um, it's it's not just you know about players like Richarlison necessarily, you know, having a chance in the box as well. It's about you know making the most of a movement, um, and I think you know Ali could potentially be that player. We've not really seen it yet. We've seen these tiny little flashes. I think we said that last time as well. These little moments, um, but maybe maybe this is a game uh, to give him a chance from the starting. Um, but I think there definitely there is a sort of a way of going about that game that's that's positive that reflects what the crowd want to see. That's aggressive. Um, that, that essentially we, we try and play it as we as we did the the Leeds game, where straight away we we kind of put our own stamp on the game. And then, you know, let let Newcastle have to come out and react to it rather than, yeah, the sort of the, the sideways, the steady kind of safe passes, which are, are all the hallmarks of players low on confidence, aren't they? Or players 
not confident necessarily in the positions they're playing in. Um, I think I think that's that's another issue, as you said, Lyndon. We've had where, yeah, I mean, it, it, would you would you really have said at the start of the season that John Joe Kenny would not only play left back but be part of the back three? Um, I mean, you know, it's 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 a strange scenario that we find ourselves in, and, and we've now got three right backs, uh, well, two if uh, Kenny's suspended, and I, I still don't really know which one I pick because you know the sort of um, football manager head in you goes I'll oh, play play the young kid who we've not seen much of but I think the reality is Coleman probably starts on Thursday um, but I think yeah the, as, as you said playing playing the players we've got in the positions where we know they're effective uh, playing Gordon out wide playing um, playing Gray out wide playing some sort of midfield that involves Decore and Allen and another um, and playing Richardson up top that is if Calvert-Lewin's um, you know, back in the side, which I don't know, um, based on the, the court appearance news today as well. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine he's on the bench. He's on the bench. Um, at least, yeah, I think so. At least, yeah. Um, but that's, that's the thing, isn't it? We've, we've there's, there's less injuries to kind of point at now. I think at some point, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to find things to be positive about. One, one thing might be that that competition, um, even even if we've got players who are sort of a bit low on confidence, at least, you know, uh, Van der Beek knows that he's got, you know, other players who can come in at central midfield like Gomez. Um, maybe maybe that's something that we've got over over a Norwich, over a, over a Watford, over a Burnley, over a Leeds, over Brentford. Um all the greats. Um, no, that's not, that's, not, that's, that's not to disparage them, but it, it's 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 a sad state of affairs. But I'm I'm very invested in what these other sides are doing, and I, I shouldn't really be. I should be I should be sort of taking my advice, my own advice about the way Everton should play. I should you know we should be imposing ourselves, being ourselves, playing well. And I think there's enough games for us to pick up the requisite amount of points. It's just obviously hard when when you, you're kind of going on recent evidence to see necessarily exactly how that's going to happen but as you said Paul a bit bit of a bit of a spawny goal a bit of a bit of something uh, a bit of magic um it might just might just be the be the catalyst is open well I mean this was a squad that was supposedly built for Europe you know to to, to challenge mm. for Europe not obviously the recruitment and again we can dissected till the cows come home and their recruitment's been poor but you know i mean the the team that beat sheffield united away on boxing day you know in 2020 you know pickford holgate Keane, godfrey decore gordon calvert lewin awobi i mean that the core of that team that was sitting second in the premier league not too long ago is still there you know, and if we if we have, as you say, the injuries are becoming less of a concern now. Um, the stronger that that side is in terms of selection, the more it's becomes more about a question of psychology. Yeah, and you know, which is what we've been talking about for weeks now. Um, but that's that's essentially what it comes down to: is that this is the same team that started the started the season, you know, as well as it did. And you just re- recapture recapture some of that at the right time, and things things really could turn because the teams that we've struggled against are the ones that are really organised, like Aston Villa and Wolves, basically shut us down 
Um, Newcastle are a different team. They're not they're not as organized. Um, they're a bit more porous. And so there will be opportunities there for us. I just think we have to go hell for leather. Yeah, I'm still still I'm still puzzled as to what we do up front there. Um you assume Coleman will play. I mean, we've we've already picked the midfield three, haven't we? So <laughs> they're definitely playing. And they um you assume Coleman will play it right back, I guess, would it be Keane, talk about Michael Keane before. I, I always, I, I, I'm always a bit uncomfortable when when people criticise Michael Keane. He always strikes me as one who always tries his best. He always, and, and and that's one that's one thing. He gets, he's got a lot of stick lately, and he's one thing that people always say is like, um, oh, as long as players give them all, then that's all you can ask for. And he does give us all, Michael Keane. He's always available. Yeah, you know I mean, it's always, and he has been a good centre back, as you say, at, at, at times, as you said, Lyndon. So. I'm always, I'm never comfortable when people, you know, get, you know, uh, criticise him because he, he does his best, and I'm certain of that. Um, yeah, got to play play left back. It's just, a, I'm not too sure what to do up, up, up top there. Um, I'm edging towards the Dominic, uh, Dominic playing. Um, what was he in court for? Say, uh, speeding, wasn't it? I think. Um, like yeah, 50, speeding. He got like, like a 900, 900 quid fine, and and it's done. And I don't even think he was there. I think it was his representatives were were there. So it's a. Okay. It's a nothing. I'm not, I'm not saying like, like a, lot of, a lot of jokes about three points today. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's not like you know he's okay. It, it, obviously, it, it's not good that, but it's it, it's not you know he went a bit faster in the 50 zone. It's not you know there's, there's there's worse crimes you've seen from some of our players drink driving and stuff before. You know, what I mean, it's like yeah, you know, it, it, I think it's one that he can probably move on with quickly enough. Um, mm-hmm. I can see him playing. I, I think that yeah, the sort of scenario you mentioned before of just the yeah, get, getting it in around the sort of six yard box for them, getting getting the Charles and giving the Charles and something to go with. I'd like to see Delhi Ali play as well, maybe perhaps at the expense of Anthony Gordon. Um, I know we've you know we've we've heavily them quite a lot, rightly so. He just looks so knackered in the last sort of twenty minutes on um on Sunday. He looked exhausted. Now, I'm not saying he you know he can't you know I'm, I'm not saying that. that, that that necessarily means he's going to be flat on Thursday. I'm sure just the, the energy of the crowd alone would do good. But I'd like to see Anthony run, you know, having a good one at like um, tired defenders, you know, coming on with maybe like you know, mm-hmm. 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go when like uh, defenders are a bit tired. And uh, I can see him really sort of causing problems there. And maybe he's due a little bit of a rest, you know, and so he's had to play every game. I mean, we, we mentioned, I think, last week how much he's been sort of carrying the team and carrying the fights. Maybe that might do, but that might do him some good. Maybe. We've seen Dali Ali come in, come on now with um, I don't know how like, typically sort of twenty minutes to go, and more often than not, he doesn't really affect the game as much as you'd like. He doesn't hasn't really got into the games that much. I found um, Dali Ali. Um, I imagine Anthony probably would get into the game quite quickly, um, and maybe would he get more out of Delhi if he's on from the start and you're getting an hour out of him or so, seventy minutes, whatever it is, and then Anthony gets to go. That's you know obviously you, you put these scenarios out there. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily work like that. But it could just maybe yeah, I'd like to see something like that. Maybe just maybe it's time for Delhi to step up. Maybe it's time for Dominic to to get back with a with a bit of a bang finally. And for Charleston's kind of due a goal now as well, I'd say, isn't he? So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it's just that time for things to click a bit more and we get a little yeah. bit of luck here and there. So. Starting yeah. is different too, isn't it? Starting a match is different than than coming on as a sub. It's a, it's a it's a very different kind of dynamic. So I, I think that you know what, until we've seen Daly start, I don't think we can really form too much of an opinion of of where he's at physically, you know, mentally, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's time we saw them, isn't it? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's had what like six six weeks or so probably now, or you know, a number of mm-hmm. games, a, a, a plenty of time training with his teammates, plenty of time getting to enough time to get to know his surroundings. Now he can't play on Sunday because he'll be cup tied. So uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems like a might just be a good opportunity to to give Delhi a game there. Um, we've seen some little glimpses of what he can do haven't we some really nice through balls and I just wonder if he had longer to affect the game and get into a game um, you might just get more out of him and he's a good professor from the front as well I think uh, Delhi mm-hmm. and he can probably cause a few if we're looking to profess a bit more and get you know force the issue a bit more he's not a bad player for that and uh, blimey you got some you got you got a bit of pace on the bench there haven't you if you're looking to change it in, um, in Gray and Gordon if you go if you go down that for going down that road so yeah maybe probably that, that's what i'd that's that's what i think we should do anyway just get some sort of front three of them of them with charles and calvert lewin and uh and uh deli alley um together and uh yeah and just get that midfield just work and work in the way like they did against manchester city um yeah and we could be in business if we try that I mean, what one thing you'd say about Newcastle is, they, I mean, they brought in that big Dan Byrne, didn't they? Who just just looks giant. I feel like he scored against us for Brighton as well, um, but um, of course he did. Um, but um, I think I think may, maybe that's an area we can get at them. I, I don't think they're the, they're the quickest back four, um, and so yeah, maybe having someone like Delion who can sort of you know thread that little eye of a needle pass um, is a way to exploit that as well as as well as you know the likes of Gray. Like you say, maybe maybe some either either Gray and or Gordon coming off the bench, uh, that might be a good shout. And then I guess, yeah, if if Calvert Lewin is is fit, I guess you, you you would want a sort of a a bigger but you know mobile sort of guy up up there against that sort of back four. Whereas you know Richarlison, although he's you know he he, he wins stuff in the air for certain, I think you know against against a big big lump like Dan Byrne and I, I can't is it Fabian Cher there of a centre back? He, he's mm-hmm. quite a big guy as well, isn't yeah. he? Um, so I, I feel like yes, you know, someone like Deli Ali and and Gordon who've got that sort of guile, that little you know, that that eye for a pass that that might that might be an area that we can exploit a bit. Um, and and I, I feel like we we should have enough for them in midfield. Um, I know that they got they got that new lad in, didn't they? That uh, Gamerez who who looks yeah. who looks good, uh, who looks talented, but is is still finding his feet in this league. Whereas if, if if we're starting to introduce someone like Deli Ali, I know I know his career's gone in a bit of a I won't say a tailspin, but it's it's not panned out the way you'd expect. Um I think like, you know, you're talking about someone with a lot of experience of this league, a lot of experience, you know, at, at you know, Champions League level as well as international level. So you know th- these kind of players now really you know they they should be able to go into a home game with a crowd behind them under the Goodison lights and sort of d- do something a bit special um God, I'm, I'm getting more excited the more I talk we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna win it's, it's but but I, I think as well and you make a good point as well that he's uh like you say he's cup tied for the weekend so I feel like if if there was a time to introduce him I think I think it'd be it'd be this game if not certainly the West Ham game um because by then, I mean, yeah, it'd be, be a, a couple of months he's been with us. You'd think you'd, you'd have a player who has, has done it at the top level up to full fitness. So, you know, let's let's see what he can do from the start of the game and see uh, see what a difference he can make. 
evening game, Goodison Park under the lights, big game player. Maybe that's his uh, that's his moment to shine. Maybe mm. maybe I'll probably say more that than West Ham away and then on a Sunday afternoon, put it yeah. that way, at a big big Olympic stadium. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, yeah, you you'd excel you'd excel more. I would have thought at Goodison in that mm. game than he will in a fortnight's time or so, ten days time or so at uh, the London Stadium. I think. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, so, quick word on on Palace. Obviously, the um, couple of those players will will be cup tied, and uh, so we're, we'll be reducing our options there. Um, it's uh, it's uh, you know, one off cup tie. Our away form has been horrendous, but you know these are the kinds of games that uh, that, that anything can happen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's. Um... Let's hope it's a good day. Let's, you know, obviously, let, let's just hope it's a good day for them. For the fan, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling down actually. The, but hopefully, yeah. The, I mean, the, the loyal fans who have been going to every single game and such, such misery this season. It's obviously quite a big contingent with the bigger cup allocation. Nice thing to make a twelve thirty kickoff. You know, that, that's why the, that's why there's free travel, <laughs> isn't it? Because of the um, yeah. no no trains can get to South London by then, which is yeah, it's, it's, it'd be, be touching that sort of thing before. It's pretty disgraceful, isn't it? But um, yeah, let's hope it's a good, let's hope it's a really really good uh, good trip for the fans going down. And uh, yeah, it's it's something. I mean, it kind of regardless. I mean, obviously, particularly if we get a Newcastle uh, a win against Newcastle, then yeah, you know, is. Well, I guess you can go into the game thinking, okay, it's, you, you, you're probably obviously we're better off on the relegation fight, but obviously by no means out of it if we beat Newcastle. But um, obviously you're feeling a lot better about yourself, and then we can everyone can go into that game thinking, come on, let's do it. I guess if we if the worst happens against Newcastle, yeah, I guess plenty of people will probably be thinking, oh god, do we need this really? You know I mean, um, this you know this could be really got to stay in the league. Do we need these extra games, rearranged games, etc. Um, but at the same time, fans going down there can just hopefully sort of uh, switch off from the league in any events and just uh, hopefully have a good um, a good uh, a good day out. Um, similarly, um, yeah, just more hopeful than anything else. I guess it's uh, you know if you I think we said before if you got you're giving Crystal Palace away in an FA Cup quarter final, you you got a quite fan you know the draw could have been a lot worse really. You really got a quite fancy chances of getting into the semi, haven't you? It's um mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's a good chance. It's it's not an easy game at all. I mean they're doing pretty good form, Palace, but it's a it's a good chance to to get to Wembley. It's a good chance for um to get to a semi final there. So uh, let's hope they take it. It's um again it, it's hard to even think about what the team will be. We've got obviously a big game before then, and three players are going to be cup tied for it. That includes El Ghazi. Um, so we'll uh <laughs> so we'll see what uh, what team he can actually play, but um. Yeah, let's let's be hopeful. Let's see. Yeah, I think um, Palace are another one of these sides where I think you know if if we let them sort of play to the strengths, which is kind of what we did with Wolves, as you mentioned, with like you know the likes of Neves getting too much time on the ball, and then you know players of that you know that quality have sort of played in a consistent team can do that to you. I think um, you know Palace is similar in that respect, but I, th- I feel like if if we get into them a bit, um, I definitely play three midfield against Palace. Um, I think uh, it was the, uh, it was a game where Gallagher really sort of ran the show against us, wasn't it? Um, I'm guessing he's not cup-tied. I, I don't know about that. Um, I know he's on loan from Chelsea, but whether, yeah, whether that was... available. Well, yeah. Yeah, you'd think if, it's, if he's there for the season, that'd be the case. But um, yeah, I think, um, I, th- I think, yeah, we, we, we've got to fancy our chances and, and, 
as you say, if, if, if the worst happens against Newcastle, it, it's a free hit, isn't it? It's a chance for someone else to come in and maybe just, you know, like that, you know, match, you know, sort of kicks kicks this half of the season into gear. Um, you know, maybe give someone who's who's been out in the cold a little um, to, to come on, you know, Fabian Delph last minute winner maybe or something. Mm-hmm. Um is that him calling? So he's he's out. Um, uh, right, thank you. Uh, he's pulled his ringtone. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think I think there's it's it's as we said last year. I mean, it's it's there's so many games in quick succession, isn't there? So obviously, you know, the result uh, on Thursday is going to have a bearing on Sunday, and then um, I mean, at the minute we've got this gap until the West Ham game, haven't we? But I, I don't know if that'll shift a little with sort of other fixtures being reorganised. I know there's still the Watford game to be decided, isn't there? Um, can, can they though in the international break? I'm not. There's, even there's, sure there's the international can. break, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah the end of the month. So it's I, I, I don't know when they're going to find. So I guess I guess that'll depend on the, uh, the result of the FA Cup game, won't it? But yeah, I, th- I think it, obviously two two positive results this week lead us going into that break in a really sort of in a, in a much better state of mind uh, going into the West Ham game, which which will be tough. But again, it's 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 somewhere we've gone before and got got a positive result. Um, and I think you know obviously following that and you know looking really far ahead now, but you know the Burnley games obviously a biggie as well. Uh, they'll they'll come thick and fast then. So. Having having these these two results, uh, you know, positive. Well, yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it? But it 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 really it really give us a boost. Hundred percent. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to our uh, our weekly question. Um, and this week we are picking. If you could have chosen something to have happened differently at some point, what would it be? And if you could go back over the last thirty odd years, starting with how Everton dealt with the years after Heisel and the early days of the Premier League and probably pick a few from every era in between. But uh, Adam, what did you go with? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's sadly a lot to choose from, isn't there? But um, I actually, um, I went for um, I went for uh, the sort of 2008-2009 season, uh, which had a few sort of key moments that kind of, you know, do have that sort of, you know, what if moment about them? Um, the cup final at the end of the season being an obvious one, but um, the specific moment I was going to pick out was um, the injury to uh, Yakubu away at Spurs, uh, where he tore his Achilles tendon because it kind of it it, it, it felt like a, a gut punch at the time. Um, and then when I was sort of you know looking back on it that season. Uh, you look at the other sort of players up top who we sort of had to kind of come in. We had James Vaughan, who was very injury prone. We had Louis Sahar, very injury prone. Um, we never really, it, although Sahar did have moments, uh, Anichebe uh, was victim to that horrific Kevin Nolan tackle at, at Newcastle. Um, we never really quite found our groove again. And I, we, we, fin- we finished, I think we finished fifth that season uh, but and obviously got to a cup final. So on paper, looks great. But if you, if you look at the following years after that, that's where, you know, Man City, you know, found their wealth. It's where certain other sides around us really kicked on both financially and sort of, you know, in terms of personnel. And um, I, th- I think that was the last season for about four or five uh, that we uh, 
we finished in the European places and it, it, it did feel like a lost opportunity with with that Moyes side. It was kind of the, the typical Moyes side. If you, if you kind of go back in your head where you, you think of, you know, obviously like, you know, Jags and Lescott, the back, Baines, Arteta, Pinar. Um, it, it was a really good side and we, we didn't quite get the most out of it that season. I feel like that, that Yakubu injury was was a little bit of a turning point because um, I think we then signed Joe on loan. So, uh, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so what, what, what if we'd had a, a fully fit Yakubu? Who knows? I think, um, the Arteta injury was as, uh, as much, it was yes, just getting yeah. in some great form then, what was just getting into really good, really into his groove. And that was a bad injury. And then obviously Jagielka, it was later in the season, wasn't it? And Jagielka, but like going into that final without Jagielka, Arteta or Yakubu, it was just like, and then <laughs> remember when Chelsea in that final, I know you weren't talking about the, the final specifically, Adam, but yeah. like the, um, in that final one, uh, I think we took off. Uh, did we put Vaughan on or Gosling? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. And they they took off um, took off Lampard and put on Balak. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! I mean, like, <laughs> look what, look what we're competing with here. <laughs> I mean, so like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a you're right. It was a it was a killer that wasn't it. But um, yeah, you, losing your 20 goal a season striker and then uh, he was never the same after that was a Yakubu. At least Arteta, Jagielka able to come back. It, a year, however long later, Yakuba never really came back anything like the same, did he? Um, and that was a uh, cost probably cost us quite a lot down the line, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. What was yours, Paul? Mine was the um, forget the actual year, so it was when we lost the um, FA Cup quarter final 3 0 to Wigan, um, yeah. at home because uh, we we lost that game and then uh, Mill uh, Wigan went and got Millwall in the semi final, um, so yeah, just. If we'd have followed that same route, you'd presume we'd have got to the final at least. Now there's no guarantee we'd have beaten Man City like like Wigan did, but it would have been a final pretty much nailed on. Um, and uh, more importantly, probably after that, it meant we on basically on even though he, he got them relegated that season, uh, Ken Wright went out and, and, and got uh, Roberto, Man- Roberto Martinez as, as Everton's manager. One now, manager. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And you just think it's one of if we'd have just won that game, uh, like everyone expected us to do, who you know Moyes, Moyes was still left for sure. Moyes even more certainly would have left because you know he left he left anyway for there to Man United. So either either gone anyway, absolutely. Um, who would have been the manager? Like uh, that, that, I just that, that's what that's what I, I, I'm curious to know. I doubt we'd have done it. I, Knowing, knowing how we've operated over the years, I doubt we'd have done, any, done anything too ambitious. It probably, it probably would have been maybe Maniac, who was the um, um, was Pereira, um, somebody Mark like Hughes. that. Mark Hughes, yeah, goodness. <laughs> it was Brian Lauder k- k- kicking around. I'm not sure, but like, um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just be curious to know how that would have gone, how that path would have gone, and where we would be now had that have had had we not. Of uh, gone for Martinez. Now I'm not holding Martinez culpable all these years, not all these years on for the mess we were in. But certainly, blimey, it was a overall a pretty terrible transition from that really brilliant Moy's uh, work ethic to what we ended up with two, three years later, wasn't it? You know, um, and it certainly it certainly set us on that and on that sort of direction of decline. I think um, so. There, that'd be my one. And um, what would have happened had we just beaten Wigan that game? Because Roberto Martinez wouldn't have been Everton manager after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good shout. That one, uh, the the one that sprung immediately immediately to mind when you proposed this question, Paul, was and it's very very recency bias, um, but it's the it's the last two managerial appointments, obviously, um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep that one and and stay on the positive and assume that you know that this is this season is gonna turn out okay. Um, and, and I would go back to on a similar theme to to both of yours actually is the, the FA Cup uh, semifinals in 2012 and 2016. Both of those I think were you know opportunities that that could have turned on a dime. Obviously, Sullivan Distan doesn't make that back pass against Liverpool, and everything collapses. Because um, you know, obviously, we get to a final after that, and we have another crack at uh, trying to beat Chelsea. Um, and then, obviously, twenty sixteen, I, I remain convinced to this day that if we if we'd been Martinez before that semi final, we would have we would have won it, and uh, and probably perhaps gone on to 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 win the final. So those, you know, in terms of our. Uh, in terms of the trophy drought and the, the the number of years we've gone without winning one, I think those are the are two moments that I that I wish had, had had turned out differently. One thing you would say about this season is we do still have a chance of winning something in March, which you know hasn't always been the case recently. So if you, if you're really looking at it, glass half full, um, mm-hmm. we're going to win the FA Cup. Uh, but but. The, I've, I, I, at least you, you, you don't know, do you? That, that's that's the, you know the great thing, but also the the really bittersweet thing about a lot of these moments is, yeah, you, you, you don't know what what could happen, and and this season there, there might just be one of these moments that maybe sort of gives us a bit of belief back. Um, you'd really hope so. I was just gonna have a swing at Martin, and I'd rather leave it there. What <laughs> you like, night? that's better. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention that when I said the last two <laughs> managerial appointments, yeah. I meant the two previous to Lampard, obviously um, Benitez and, and, and Ancelotti, and that whole sliding doors moment with 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 Moyes coming back. Because I mean, I was dead set against it at the time, but I'm pretty much convinced we would not be where we the situation mm-hmm. we are now with uh, had David Moyes come back. But that's uh, that's mm-hmm. a sliding doors moment mm-hmm. discussion for another time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that should do it for another week. Uh, thanks for listening, Blues, and let's keep the faith and the noise for Thursday. Let's hope it brings us three precious points. Uh, we'll be back next week to chat about the Newcastle game and that Palace cap tie, by which point the picture regarding the remainder of the season will be a little bit clearer. At least we'll know our direction in the cup, at least, uh, going into that international break. Uh, so we hope you'll join us. But until then, take care and the toughness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 